Hello and welcome to the Mums and Tums Birth Unfiltered podcast. Today we are talking to a wonderful postpartum doula from the west end of the GTA. Her name is Genevieve Desrochers. Thank you for joining us, Genevieve. She's going to talk to us today about postpartum mood disorders and how those affect families and new families especially. And she's also going to share with us a little bit about her own experience with postpartum mood disorders. Oh, so it's nice to get to talk to you. We met, uh, I guess, a couple of two, three weeks back, I guess, maybe a little bit more than that. Oh my gosh, time is flying. <laughs> oh, so we met at a, a get together that one of the doulas in our community held. And I was really excited to meet you because I wanted to get to talk to you about what your passion is regarding. Now, you're a postpartum doula as well, correct? Awesome. Well, let's start with actually how you got introduced to being a doula. Oh, wow. Um... <laughs> Well, it's all related with postpartum disorders as well. So right. Story, so. Right. Um, do you want me to start with my story? Sure. Okay, so, like, it all started in uh, 2009, uh, after the birth of my first child. Um, I uh, started to be manic, like, really soon after the birth, like, so super happy and, uh, like, for two weeks, like, I was on a high, not sleeping much, like, really... Uh, thinking this is beautiful and my husband was like okay like this is a little bit of normal but maybe <laughs> she's so excited about having a kid exactly and my wife was like oh wow like you're recovering good and love my the birth like was really long and difficult right but you know I was feeling good and then well it started going down so I started um, having very strange beliefs and delusions thinking that my husband's gonna die and that my that my sister would commit suicide. Wow. And I was up and during the night writing emails to my sister and thinking that God and the Holy Spirit like, was talking to me to make sure that I would talk to my sister. Right. You know, all those strong beliefs and everything. Yeah. So to make a short story, uh, my midwife realized that something was really wrong. Right. So, yeah, so she said, you know, you should go, you should go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So we ended up in the emergency and then... Um, spend the night over there they did all kinds of tests on me and finally say well everything is fine with you because I had like a big, very big pain in my leg and I thought that I had a blood clot in my leg I right was in big pain and they found nothing wow it was, it, it was in my head it was kind of an hallucination that I was having like a physical hallucination wow but in the hospital they were like no like everything is fine so they didn't know exactly what to do with me after 24 hours. They thought that I was not all right. Right. But, you know, they, they didn't put it together that I just had a baby that it could be a postpartum mood disorder. So finally, I saw a doctor that said, hey, like, everything physically is fine. So I think this is all in your head. So go back home and uh, just tell yourself this is in your head. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, good thing my midwife was there, and then she said, she told me after, she said, uh, no, like, something, <laughs> like, we should do something about it, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. and, and I agreed with her, like, I was still manic and psychotic. Right. 
tell, like my husband had told me, you know what, there's something where you, you went online, you know, and kind of searched. For right. Things, and he said, there is something with you that is normal. So well, like there was nothing. Right. So he put me inside, the social worker went through a list of symptoms of postpartum mood disorder. Right. So I was like, yeah, I have this and this and this. And then hopefully she put me in touch with a psychiatrist in the right. hospital. Mm-hmm. And soon, it's like very quick, he diagnosed me with postpartum bipolar disorder. Wow. Psychotic feature. And I had never had any symptoms of that before birth. Like right. No family history. So this is what like. A- so it was like right out of the blue. Yeah, totally. It was like, oh my gosh. So I took wow. the news too bad. I was kind of relieved to have a diagnosis. Yes. Like explaining what I was going through. Definitely. But of course, for my family and husband, was like, woof, you know, this <laughs> is you know. So I spent a week at the hospital, but as soon as I got the diagnosis, I was like, well, nobody told me about that kind of postpartum disorder. Right. Like, I didn't know prior to birth about, I knew about blues and postpartum depression. I learned a little bit right. at uh, the prenatal classes. Yeah. I remember thinking, this is not going to happen to me. And nobody told me that actually there is like one in seven parents will be diagnosed with a perinatal mood and anxiety disorder. This it's is- a lot. It's shockingly a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. And it's not just the blues and postpartum depression. Right. There are other mood disorders. Okay, like postpartum bipolar disorder is rare. Like yes. It's very common. But still, like, I have no clue about this. And see, before I heard your experience, even when you had told us, you know, when we got together, I had never heard, and I knew that there was a different, you know, there were different spectrums of disorders for sure. I myself went through postpartum PTSD, but I had no idea that bipolar was even a part of that picture. And it makes sense when you think about mood disorders of various kinds, but specifically postpartum, you just assume that it has its limitations. It's not really going to go too far down that that line and yet there's still the few that go through this and it needs to be yeah. talked about exactly so yeah i made kind of that commitment of i need to tell women about this right mothers and dads and fathers about this i need to inform people so yeah totally i recovered and i started a blog and sharing my story i started to write my memoir about what i went through share that on my blog in french yes <laughs> From, yeah in french so on purchase <laughs> that's okay Right. The different kinds and everything. Yeah. And there was always in my mind, I want to do more. I want to do more. Right. And to answer your question about how I came to the idea of becoming a doula. Right. Like I knew what a birth doula was, but I knew that postpartum doula was such a thing. Right. And during my second, um, three years, three and a half years ago, during my uh, second uh, maternity leave, I don't know, I was on internet reading a blog or something, and then I found out about postpartum doula. Like, oh, what is this? Yeah. Reading more about it, and I was like, like wow this is awesome this is something maybe i could do like yes having a blog is good and but you yeah know, something practical i could do to help family definitely so, yeah so i started looking online with canada mm-hmm. and read on their uh, website and i was like yep this is the organization i certify with and i started the certification process two years ago almost exactly two years ago amazing almost almost done almost done so, perfect so, so, <laughs> Formal, uh, I consult on education, but in education for right. almost 19 years. Wow. <laughs> so I'm like, 
Big switch. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's amazing. And do you, I'm assuming you want to kind of focus on this particular piece of being able to support and help people specifically with postpartum mood disorders? Yeah, well, of course, a postpartum doula cannot like diagnose or treat. No, no, no. Yeah, no. But I mean, like knowing that I want to be able to like, if I support clients who Mm -hmm. have like postpartum mood disorder, since I read a lot about this subject, able Mm -hmm. to like if they therapist and they get some strategies over there just to support them, knowing what is done to help those women or that because definitely postpartum depression for dads as well. Absolutely. And there's usually not somebody in the house who's watching for those symptoms. And it's not a nice thing to have to go through that yourself. But on the other side of it, you've been able to pull from your own experience. You've known some of the signs that probably, you know, most other postpartum doulas even don't get that kind of intense introduction to to motherhood, really, or, or parenthood, uh, you know, in general, because like you said, fathers go through it as well sometimes so exactly. yeah I, from my experience i don't know like it's not like i analyze every woman that i need that have a young no no but <laughs> in some situation intuition was telling me hmm, there is something here like definitely starting to, to talk and i realized that because i was sharing my story moms have opened up have they saying oh yeah they open up and all of a sudden they're like never talked about this or wow not a lot of people know because i like i could tell they were ashamed of it yes there's so much stigma still attached to just mental health in general and then people expect you to be excited and in love with your baby and there's no actual education of all the signs to look for in things that you might not be coping as well as you wanted to. So definitely. So uh, my next question would be your own personal experience. How did that change your feeling or your perception about parenthood in general? I think when I was pregnant, I was thinking, there was always a a thought of, would I be a good mom? Or will we be good parents? Right. But I thought that, you know, I've never had any mental problem before. I should be, you know, healthy and I was getting ready, you know, reading so much about breastfeeding and everything. And I was like, I think I'm, I was, like, I felt kind of, it's going to be okay. Yeah. To finally realize that, yes, I had postpartum mood disorder, but mm-hmm. in general, mo- motherhood or parenthood can be hard. Yeah. Especially when facing a postpartum mood disorder, it could be hard. Mm-hmm. And I think from what I went through, I became a lot more passionate towards parents. That's and awesome. And it made me realize that parents don't talk enough about what they're going through, their struggle. Yeah. We, we, want, we want to look, hey, everything is fine. I'm happy. I just had a baby. And yeah. And no, this is, well, yes, it could be. It, I'm not saying that some parents. No, are of course not. I mean, my second maternity was awesome. <laughs> That's like, awesome. Honestly, like, compared to the first. Yeah. Time, yeah, I, I was happy. And, you know, I was still, we were ready. Mm-hmm. We knew what to expect. For sure. So it could be good, but I, the more I talk with parents, I realize that even if you don't learn with it could be hard. There is trouble. You feel like, oh my gosh, like it's Definitely. Okay. We need to be more in community, I think. Absolutely. Parents need to be more in community and share struggle. Talk openly about what we're going through. Yeah. I think this is very important. I think that made me realize, hey, I need 
month. And that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Like, even when I was in recovery, I had a friend who said, hey, come to my mom's group. You know, it was called Mommy and Me. Yes. Come and, and come with me. And I think it was a big part of recovery, being able to see other women. They didn't go through uh, like a postpartum mood disorder like me, but I felt comfortable opening up because I right. think that's common. I'm going to talk about my story, like whatever people's going to going to say going to think yeah was it yeah. scary at first for you to to share that part of your your journey but i think for me what helped is that i was manic yeah <laughs> you know even during my sometimes it works in your favor yeah. <laughs> but i can say that it took a little bit until my mood stabilized right so i started sharing my story while still a bit Right. Did you feel there were any areas um, in in terms of resources that you felt were lacking for you? You mentioned at the beginning that when you first went into the hospital, that they pretty much dismissed you because no physical symptoms were manifesting according to what you were telling them. So could you have used more support when you were going through what you went through? Yes. Like, of course, if that was in 2009. Right. Hopefully. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, like at the hospital for sure, like it, I could tell that the staff was not, I don't know, trained for that. For sure. Even like, even like the doctor, of course, he was a young doctor. So mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe he had no experience, but even like I saw more than one doctor. The final doctor told me, like, go home. I was like, really? But even at the right. experience, they, they couldn't. They couldn't, I don't know, they never told me anything about this. Right. But it's like the, the nurse, like I was, I remember that the night after I got my first pill, like my first medication, mm-hmm. I woke up in the morning and all of a sudden I felt like clarity in my mind. I was like, oh wow. my gosh. Like I felt, I, it's kind of, I woke up out of a big bug. Wow. I realized all of a sudden, oh my gosh. And I felt cross and I was oh. crying and crying and crying. Yeah. And the nurse were, the nurse were like, oh, come sit with us and it's okay. <laughs> You're going to be fine. So they try to comfort. That's good. Time, that's good. Like they try to comfort, but at the same time, I was like, I need to cry. Yeah. It's awful what I'm going through. And yeah. I, I felt like, yes, they're trying, they were trying their same time, kind of, I could see that maybe they didn't know how to react with me, like kind of to really make me feel better mm-hmm. or understand exactly. Through the week, like, I think like the word escalated among them like mm-hmm. what I was going through and my diagnosis and everything and by the end of the week I could tell like that they were aware and understood more like what I was going through it's almost an education curve that needs to kind yeah. of they, they need to health professionals yeah. maybe who don't like you know a psychiatrist psychologist psychotherapist anybody in the mental health field or even social workers like you mentioned they, they're getting education and training from somewhere because they're obviously were able to uh, refer you and get you the proper diagnosis. But the people, you know, when someone is in a manic state and needs to be admitted to the hospital, it can be scary to know that your emergency healthcare professionals don't have the same kind of basic training to ask you a certain number of questions to kind of to kind of just be able to make that referral, right? Mm-hmm. Well, especially like I was there with my baby, so right? You, know, you were a new mom. Like, yeah. I was a new mom, so they could have thought, okay, you know what? We can screen her like for, mm-hmm. like for post-hormone disorder or something. And if they would have screened me with the right questions, right. they would have found out. But, Very easily, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
thing, I remember the social worker saying, hey, you know, I'm going to try to find you a support group or a postpartum mood disorder group. And right. we never find one. There was like, there was, and I think there is still, like postpartum depression groups, like support groups. Right. But I think, like, for me, I was not depressed. Like, I did have depression a few months after. I right. Depression, because you go manic, and after, there's a good chance you go down. Depression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I would have liked a group of women that went through postpartum mood disorders in general, like, not just depression, which I... I Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Something yeah, like so. more of a support environment for women who go through the spectrum and not just one particular type. Yes. But still, this is like very hard to go through. For sure. I I, I mean, women and babies lose their lives to stuff like that. It's really not, it's something that even though it's rare, that it's something that we need to look out for those types of signs to get them help in an emergency situation. Because that is an emergency situation, for sure. And I would say lack of, as I said, like I in prenatal classes, I don't know. I sure hope it's different now, <laughs> like, nine years after. But I don't recall in my prenatal classes that we talk a lot about this. Unfortunately, there's not a lot. There's still not a lot of focus, and that was what I I was interested to hear from you too. Is is your take on that? Because as a birth doula and a postpartum doula myself, I feel called to that side of things as well, just also because of my own experience. But I noticed the same thing. Prenatal classes touch for half a second, it feels like, on postpartum mood disorders. And they don't, it's almost like they're scared to go into it because you don't want to scare the new mothers, right? And it's like, but if we don't talk about the spectrum of issues that could come up, then the partners also can't know to look out for this stuff that's happening in their significant others. So I think that's it. You're right in saying that. I never even stopped to think about it but it's so so important and talk about the risk factors of postpartum disorder as mm-hmm. well like yeah. when you go see your doctor when you're pregnant they should look for I, I remember I remember my midwife asking me but I never put the two together I was like why is she asking me questions <laughs> like that because I went through depression before or right. a lot of stress in my life and I was like why is she asking me this why is this so important right now, I know. now you know risk factors. yeah and then even though I didn't have a history of bipolar disorder in my family I did go through very stressful events in my life yes this is a risk of having a postpartum mood disorder definitely a lot of families out there going through let's say fertility issues is another thing that is one of the top factors in whether or not you end up going through some sort of postpartum mood disorder. A lot of, a lot of families who are trying to have a baby and then after a very long time end up having a baby and expecting to be just completed and feeling like everything is going to be amazing now are not adequately prepared or watching for signs of those postpartum mood disorders to hit because they're actually one of the most likely women or people in general to get that feeling and that those hormones to kind of unfortunately play some tricks with them unfortunately but you know it's it's one of those things and like you said you never had a history of it but sometimes all it takes is a traumatic event of some kind it doesn't even have to be related to the pregnancy in order to put you at a much higher risk for for experiencing it yeah and okay i was another thing too is as i'm my my mother tongue is french yes I had a hard time finding- 
finding resources in French. Interesting. Yeah, like even online, I found a lot of websites or blogs about other women going through right. sort of mood disorders. But in French, I had a harder time to find some stuff. Interesting. Coming more. Yeah. That's why I was like, okay, I need a blog in French. Yes. I my story in French and everything. And I'm still, now I'm, I'm getting ready to finish my book in French, but it's being translated in English right now. That's exciting. Yeah. So and the idea is to have a YouTube channel soon like i don't know great that'll be great and, yeah and share in french but in english too because of course i want to i want to share in english as well but i want the word of like i don't know why i don't know why i know that okay there are more english people in canada but you know you're hitting on something that's really interesting because a lot of uh, a lot of parents that speak french as a first language might be hugely just like yourself might be hugely lacking in support in their first language uh in accessing that in their first language and that's huge that's huge because it's like you know you're going through a lot and then it must be an added difficulty to try and understand everything that you're reading when it's not in the first language that you've learned you know what i mean so having that, being able to provide that, it's very easy to see why that would be very much needed for sure. Even if the majority of people in wherever Canada or the world don't speak French, that does, it's not, that's not really relevant. You can, you know, do both. Like you said, you're working on that on your book to do both, but it's so important to have that for the women who just like yourself need to access it and can't find it, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Was, but, but, but not, you know, not much. So. Right. Like even today, like I've, I, I don't know, like I've been reading lots of books about post-mood disorder and, and I'm always looking, okay, there's something in French related to that or, mm-hmm. and I did find a little bit now, but it's not as much. Not as much. Yeah. I want to. Well, wanna exciting. Find. It's so exciting to have you contributing to that. That's so great. What is your book called? Birth of a Bipolar Mom. That's but great. Yeah, but what I don't like about bipolar mm-hmm. mom is the fact that I've read a lot about we are not our mental health disorder. Right. I I have bipolar disorder. Like I I am not. Bipolar. You are not bipolar. You have it as a part of yeah for sure. Yeah, like an illness. Like we don't say I am diabetes or I am cancer. Like we say I have cancer or I have diabetes. Or, right. So why don't the same thing for mental health disorder mm-hmm. like instead of saying i am depressed like i have depression mm-hmm. I have psychosis so i'm trying to change that language as well and it's also interesting to think of it as a postpartum specific mental health issue because most postpartum mood disorders can be healed over time, whereas consistent mental health issues tend to be a little bit more difficult to heal completely. So there are a lot of people who do actually completely heal and not have to go through it again, but it's definitely something that like you said, if you make it a part of your identity, then it feels a little bit more like you're always going to be labeled as a specific yeah. type of mom. So I totally get that for yeah. sure. So I'm thinking about a title. I, I don't know yet. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so when you're th- when you're talking to other parents, what's one of the things that if they've gone through it in the past, what's something that you would really like to say to parents who have gone through a, a postpartum mood disorder in the past? 
I would say, because yes, it could be, I, I've heard, of course, like I've heard a woman who were very scared of sharing their story, mm-hmm. but when they did, they realized that people were like thankful, grateful for mm-hmm. hearing their story. And I think it could save a life. If some, a woman is really, really depressed and thinking about, you know, ending her life or and mm-hmm. she hears a story about another woman who went through that and came stronger and who is feeling herself again, that could change her story. You know, it could change her life and for the best. So I'm um, for yeah, sure all, from all the blogs that I've read of women going through a postpartum disorder, the impact they had after in their surrounding or even on women that they don't even know. Exactly. And yes, I think that's, um, that's so powerful. And it, it's, it can be a little scary in, in various circumstances. Like you said before, you could be scared of, of feeling judged, but the sharing of it can contribute to your own healing and can also contribute vastly to the healing of someone else that you might not even know is listening. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and sharing information about postpartum mood disorder, because I think if people are judging, because I do remember one of my friends, like when we, when my husband, after I was diagnosed, he sent an email, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then I remember I like, someone or even after like I said oh, really and wow I like hey you know but I think it was just a lack of information yeah as you said you you, you even knew like you didn't know about postpartum exactly disorder so I just informed after and you know like they understood you know mm-hmm. but it's, it's it's not like they were like oh, really no it was just like <laughs> yeah like, kind of it might have been hard for them to to even conceive that someone like yourself could go through something like that so for sure for parents out there who might be listening right now to your experience and might be thinking to themselves that in this moment they might be going through this exact thing by listening to your story what what would be the thing that you could tell them that would be a great first step to take or a plan of action that they could take to get to the support that they need well for sure like first talk about it as soon as possible to like a family doctor or mm-hmm. like someone taking care of you like especially like with the symptoms i had i needed help right now it could have even gotten worse because i was having psychotic right symptoms as well so i never thought of harming myself right my baby but it could have gone there. Definitely, yeah. So I think it's really important to talk as soon as possible to the family doctor. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, if you are having, like, thoughts and you feel like it's delusional or, like, of course, like, call an emergency emergency helpline to the emergency. Like, I think that would be the first thing. Definitely. I, and after I would say, I have to be referred to a mental health professional. Right. Please, like, proper treatment. Like, if it is something similar to what I went through, mm-hmm. medication medication would be needed. Right. So, it's medication is required in the treatment process. And don't be ashamed of taking medication. Like, medication is, for your brain, is no different than medication for physical illness. Like, right. We, we deserve to feel better. Absolutely. And we really, and I, I, I would remember my midwife saying, you know what, you don't look good. Mm-hmm. You deserve to feel better. Go get some help. And that really hit home for you. Oh yeah, I had my having cancer. Like right. I was thinking the worst, and I was having panic attacks. It's really painful. Wow, that's. <laughs> but it, it, there, there was nothing there. 
That's amazing, so, though. And and yeah. for someone listening who might feel those extreme symptoms, I mean, that in and of itself might be a good reason to go in and and start the process of getting, a, you know, some sort of attention to those issues. Yeah, yeah. And not be afraid of saying everything, that, right. the thoughts that you have in your mind, and and not be scared of, well, you know, I think there's a, some. I think mom would be scared of having their baby taken away from them. Absolutely, you yeah. Know? And of course, like if you're psycho, saying like it will, like it, it, it's better to have someone with the baby. Of other course. Than the, like the mom can. the hospital, I was never really alone with my baby. Of course. My husband, my mom came, or I was never alone. And even after I got out of the hospital, they were like, "Okay, is there someone home with you?" And my husband was working from home. There was always someone. Right. And the baby. But I think if you get proper treatment and there's someone with you, you're getting help. Yeah. The baby will, the baby will stay with you. Like, For not, sure. Yeah, like, For yeah. sure. I think I think a lot of misconceptions is that, you know, the child services is eager to split up a mom and baby. But in actuality, they really just want to keep moms and babies together and getting the help they need unless it's a life-threatening situation. And then, and then mom needs to have herself taken care of and, uh, and baby can, baby can still, just like you said, baby can still probably be a part of that, hopefully, as long as it's being closely monitored by other people as well. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I remember like, the social worker say, Hey, you know, just to make, just to let you know, like, we want to make sure that you have proper support. Right. Because of course of what I was going through, so, but mm-hmm. if that is there and they make sure, and I think they have to make sure. Absolutely. Make sure everything was there on place. Then, yeah. And I think it was for me, helped me to grow through to recover to know that my baby was there that I was having help my mom came you know my sister-in-law came my husband was always there mm-hmm. so I got the help I needed but the fact of being feeling that I could still provide for my baby mm-hmm. my mind was <laughs> was know, yeah it needed some time yeah that's and great. At the, hospital, at the hospital, like during the day, my mom was coming with my husband and my baby. I could see my baby. That helped me to calm down. Oh, during that's the night, great. Of course, baby was going home. Yeah. But I think, yeah, see, I'm happy that they made sure that I had a room for myself and with the baby. And yeah, that's, it was. That's great. And that's the other thing is there's a misconception attached to being hospitalized too, or being in a different facility that's, you know, mental health facility. But, but the other thing that I always like to mention about those facilities is that it's necessary in certain circumstances, because when they do introduce medications, sometimes it's not the right medication on the first try and they have to wean you and, or, or, you know, carefully put you on another medication you're working a lot with brain chemistries and body chemistries and Uh and you're adding medications into that when you're talking about um on the more severe spectrum like um, severe ptsd or bipolar or uh, psychosis things like that you're dealing with a person who could very easily um you know need extra assistance so they definitely it's it's it might be a stigma in some people's minds, but I always like to encourage people to consider that it's actually the safest place for you to be, to go through those different initial um, 
processes of figuring out exactly which medication is going to work for you. So like what you're saying, like the, the, like the part of the hospital where people have mental health. Yes. Yeah. In my case, they wanted to send me there Mm -hmm. because I wanted to be my baby. They said, no, baby cannot go there because it's not safe. It's not safe. Right. In that environment. So they didn't make an exception for me to have a room on another floor. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. But like, Yes. But that made me realize there should be. There should be a mother and baby part of that. Yes, there should be a mother and baby place where women go through like severe postpartum depression, psychosis, mm-hmm. or where they can be treated and they can be and safe and yeah, baby. exactly. That's something that that should, and I know that it's uh, I don't know in Canada, but I, I've heard in in uh, the U.S. that mm-hmm. in some places they that why aren't we doing that here <laughs> exactly yeah for sure but that's something that was like in my case i was hot and like they, they realized okay like she needs to to be in the hospital and they even accepted that my husband up with me a few nights oh that's wonderful so, yeah he, he brought like a i don't know how you say that in english but like a camp bed or oh yes yeah my mind. <laughs> and my mom was home with the baby and oh that's amazing be with me yeah they they made a big exception for my case but i i sure hope that it it made them realize how important it could be to have a section of the hospital yes definitely i think that's really great well i have loved talking to you about this and uh, i don't know if you want to tell people about where they can find your blog or your book or really anything that you want to tell them about but go ahead and let people know exactly how they can find you sure so my blog it is www.postpartumbipolar.me so i don't know if i can send you yeah you can send us the link we'll put it in with the with the podcast as well just so that people can have access to it for sure yeah so on the blog like you will see like the first of my book so it's that's like awesome when i recovered and even talk about when i had my second baby and how good it went and so great yeah, so there's more information and of course as soon as i will start it i will give information about my uh my youtube channel so that would be fantastic. The whole, the whole story, the whole story up to now. Awesome. And uh, yes, and of course, I wanna, I would love to interview other women who went through postpartum mood disorder, like of any kind, and to make it like a channel where we share stories. That would be amazing. Yeah. That's so needed. It's so needed for sure. Um, and as a postpartum doula, where do you work? Where, what area of the, I guess you're in Toronto in Brampton. Okay. So you're out, out West. Okay. I have a car. Perfect. Great. And my website, if people want to add more. Absolutely. Services. It's a transition postpartum transitionpostpartum.com that's great well i'm really excited about all the work i can't wait to hear more i can't wait to follow your channel and i definitely can't wait to read your book so um that's really really great thank you for joining us on the podcast and if anybody wants to find more information they can click on the description of this podcast to find out exactly where you can find uh, genevieve so i'm going to end things here So don't forget to check us out at www.mumsandtumscanada.com.
www.thelifeofmyfriend.com. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button or that favorite button to make sure you don't miss any new podcast episodes as they get posted. Thank you so much for joining us again today. And we will see you next time on our Mums and Tums Birth Unfiltered podcast. Take care. Thank you.